part of the problem with smoking is that I get really bad dry mouth. <laughs> so, what was I just saying? You've been smoking the devil's blood, <laughs> is what saying. Sanus Lapidus. Welcome to the Mickey Mouse Greenhouse. I'm KK. I'm Wiggles. And we're here to review Disney Channel original movies. DCOMs. To let you know if they get a puff or a pass from us in 2020. Year 2020. 2020. This is literally one of the first things that we're doing in the year 2020. How do you feel about it? This is pretty amazing. I feel like... Probably for the last two or three years, we've talked about starting a podcast, and here we are, starting a podcast. So, we figured what was the most appropriate thing to do while starting a podcast? Start in light. So, this podcast is pretty simple. Mm-hmm. We're going to get really high and review Disney Channel original movies, because... There are movies that need review in 2020, I guess. Yeah, like... Yeah, so the majority of these movies came out when we were really young. I remember millennials, by the way. Yeah, late 20s, early 30s. You know, I grew up watching these movies. I grew up looking forward to Saturday night when they would premiere. I'm pretty sure it was Saturday night. That's when I watched them. Yeah, it's crazy to think that, like, these movies are now throwbacks. And to see them through the lens of an adult is pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. And now with Disney+, Plus, like... Mm-hmm. You can really deep dive into all the Disney Channel original movies. So we're thinking, like, what are people going to be doing other than, you know, Disney Plus and Dining, Disney Plus and Dankin'? It's pretty cool because I was of the perspective of, well, we already have Netflix and Hulu. There's no way that we need to add a third streaming service to our routine. Oh, and we have Amazon Prime, which we absolutely never use to watch TV. But to so to think about adding a fourth... I mean, it's true. But to think that, oh, why would I need a fourth streaming service? But I am here for it. Not just the Disney Channel original movies, but like the general just throwback of That's So Raven, even Stevens, Boy Meets World. Like, it's all so cool to like just watch in the morning while I'm drinking my coffee. Well, yeah, so let's get into our first DCOM. Yes. So a DCOM is a Disney Channel original movie if you're not hip to the game already. You know, mm-hmm. if you're not in the community, then you're just not in the community, you know. But if you're in the community, you call it a DCOM like the rest of us. Yeah. So to start off is one of both of our favorite DCOMs, and that is The Color of Friendship. The Color of Friendship was... Easily in one of my top 10 favorite DCOMs. So you uh, did you did watch it when it came out? Oh, I absolutely watched it when it came out. It came out in the year 2000. At the time, I was nine years old. So it was kind of around my height of watching DCOMs. And I just remember watching this particular movie over and over and over again and just loving everything about it. Yeah, I also feel like I watched it when it came out. I feel like I watched it with my brothers because mm-hmm. I remember a lot of the plot points, like the South African 
immigrant, the South African student exchange student, excuse me, like the family having a weird time and being in Washington, D.C. There's going to be a lot of stuff that we're going to get into. Definitely surprised me in a lot of ways that we're also going to get into as well. Yeah, and I actually just want to say shout out to the 202, you know, to think that (laughs) this movie now as an adult is like extra funny to me just because of the particular scenes that they choose and the locations that they choose. It's like we are very familiar with these places now. So it was pretty just like it gave me a few chuckles to watch this. Absolutely. There are a lot of places where it's just like, whoa, like being a DC resident, like things that they would reference that are like pretty funny, but also the way that they kind of represent things that I feel like is kind of a little true today, but we'll get into it. Let's jump ahead to a quick recap of The Color of Friendship. Yeah, so The Color of Friendship came out in the year 2000, like we said, but was set in Washington, D.C. in 1977. It's about a family who lives in Washington, D.C. Their dad is a D.C. congressman and their daughter Piper has her heart set on hosting an exchange student from Africa. Particularly, she had her mind set on hosting a student who kind of reinforced her black pride. I think that like she and her family were like very into celebrating what it meant to be an African American family and they wanted to host someone who they thought could maybe strengthen that feeling. Did you get that vibe? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And we'll kind of get into it a little bit more, but definitely doesn't go as planned for either party. Yeah, and it's worth pointing out that at the same time that we're introduced to the family in D.C., we're also introduced to the family in South Africa. And they are wild fucked up super fucked up so mari is a young lady who's around the same age as piper our um, protagonist in washington dc and mari is a south african girl who has a brother two parents um, but is actually particularly close with her nanny i guess you could call her who is a black South African. Mari's family is white South African. And it is... They're they're not just like white South African. They're like as white as it gets South African. Oh, yes. They are... During the peak of apartheid. Mari's dad is a police officer. Yeah. And they are very pro-apartheid. They talk negatively about black South Africans to their children there are scenes in which they're in a country club and a black south african is kicked when they dropped some dishes while in a restaurant and then worst of all we actually find out that mari's father has interactions with stephen biko so Mari's, Mari's father is a police officer or prison guard or some shit, but basically is very happy that Stephen Biko is arrested and when shit happens later in the story, like there's a heavy implication there that we'll get into. 
Yeah, but, and I, I think it's important that we did tell the audience um, who Stephen Biko is because uh, if you're like me, I didn't know who Stephen Biko was until ninth grade. I didn't, when I watched the movie, I didn't know who Stephen Biko was. And it, it wasn't until I was an adult in college that I actually learned more about Stephen Biko and what he meant to the South African anti-apartheid movement. Yeah, and I feel like apartheid is important to understand because it's like the drop back to a lot of Mari, that's the South African girl, Mari, her interactions with the the senator's family, like Piper and her family. Um, congressman. The congressman. Ah, I keep calling him a senator because I... Because he sounds like Obama. That's a whole nother thing. But he sounds like Obama. And I keep wanting to call him Senator. It's yeah, weird. Congressman Dellums. Yes, Congressman so the, the Dellums family, uh, the their father is Congressman Dellums. And <laughs> he sounds exactly like Obama. It's like, like, if you it's like close, Obama did let the B roll on the slide. If you close your eyes and just listen to Congressman Dellums, I am exactly like Barack. I am flashed back to 2008, where Barack Obama was on that stage with Michelle, Sasha, and Malia. Well, they said this couldn't happen. But anyway, let's, <laughs> we're, we're halfway through this thing. We didn't even do the introduction yet. So, Mari gets to America, and she's white. Clearly, yes. everyone's surprised because they were not expecting a white woman. And she was not <clears throat> expecting a black family. She had assumed that a family who lives in Washington, D.C., a political family at that, of course, would have to be white. So, hijinks ensue that are mostly racist as fuck. Like, Mari just, like, tells them to, like, pick up her bags and then doesn't want to talk to nobody when she gets in the house. I'm like... But you would guess. Like, I don't understand how you just, like, be talking to people crazy and they're supposed to be patient with you. I'm like, yo, you lucky you didn't get these hands. In any case, they're super patient with this girl and uh, Mrs. Dellums is kind of the OG of the entire movie and was just mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna work this out because both of us are surprised. Also, you're going to act like a goddamn person because we're not animals here. Yeah, there was one scene where it was breakfast and Mrs. Dellums had, you know, set out the breakfast for the day, which was just set at the table and everyone could kind of could serve themselves. And Mari sits down at the table and goes, I would like and rattles off all of this food that she wants Mrs. Dellums to make for her and Mrs. Dellums sits her well she's already sitting at the table but she looks at Mari and she just says to her like in I don't know where you're from and did you have a helper in your house yes oh you did um well she might have bent over backwards serving your white ass i am not going to fucking do that i ain't the fucking one i'm not doing that i'm not the one two three or four no i ain't with it i ain't with the shits and mari was mari was very taken aback but she ate those goddamn frosted flakes what she did she ate the frosted flakes (laughs) but yeah you know they 
they got cool. There was like montages and shit of them being friends, which is really like the funny thing about it. There was like two real scenes of them interacting and like growing from learning from each other, but then also just the like inordinate amount of time of them just like playing dress up and dancing and shit. And that was really like how they became friends. You were like, yo, they like at the mall together. Like they're fucking friends. They're at the mall together. And it's just funny because there was like the simultaneous montage of them trying on clothes in the dressing room and then also like in the car sightseeing around Washington DC and having fun. And it was just like, (laughs) it was just all of the classic Washington DC sightseeing shots. And that's just funny because people who are in the area like us literally never go down to the mall. It's a clusterfuck. It's like going to Madison. Not even Madison Square Garden. Like Times Square Square. if you're in New York. Like why would you do that if you could avoid it? But that was a good chunk of the movie for some reason. But anyway, like they're friends. Uh, Congressman Dellums almost puts his entire foot up this little girl's ass for not calling her girl... Which one was the bad one? Was Catherine was the bad one. Oh, yeah, yeah. But she kept saying the word Bantu. She kept saying Bantu, which I felt was also racist as fuck. Like, if I just, like, hey, this is how you white people live? Like, you'd be like, damn, like, do you have a thing against white people? But she was just, like, pretty much, like, everything was like, oh, this is some wild Bantu shit. Like, I'm going to be at this Bantu school? And I was like, damn. Like, it's like Donald Trump saying I got good rapport with the blacks. I'm like, I... The way that you said that sounds derogatory. You didn't have to, like... It doesn't have to be a, a swear word. Like, you could just make one up. But, yeah. Like, she, like, explained to her the difference between Bantu and Kaffir. Which is a scene that was fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> like, go into it. It was crazy. holds up. So... So, can, can we just pause really quick and say that part of the reason why we watched the color of friendship first as in our lineup of disney channel original movies to watch decoms thank you was because we were convinced that the color of friendship would not hold up today we were convinced that disney back in the day was fucking up and we just didn't know it because we were too young and naive and so let's just say that disney did not hold back from Taryn th- just ugh, I don't even have the words alright so it gets good but like let's just wrap up the, the synopsis cause yes. this has been rambling Stephen Biko dies because mm-hmm. maybe someone her dad knows or her dad might have beaten his ass in jail mm-hmm. it's it's beaten to death beaten to death like yeah. beating him up like actually beat the life out of this man but yeah that happens which is a pivotal moment in history in South African history but, towards- but th- also worth pointing out that of course in traditional fashion the police try to cover it up and say that he committed suicide so the South African government is saying no Stephen Biko killed himself in prison and black South Africans are saying that no he was brutally murdered by the police so congressman dellums plays a critical role in excuse me getting south africa to 
come forward that in fact Stephen Biko was killed in in police yeah. custody. So Congressman Dellums is, of course, anti-apartheid, major black caucus member, trying to, you know, use this situation with this immigrant to boost his political profile and put pressure on South Africa. And South Africa is like, no, this girl is going home. We don't already like you because you didn't put her with this black family. We didn't know. That's wild, which is mad racist, but whatever. But the girl goes home, but with a greater respect for blacks no she didn't go home after that didn't she go home no 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 no. she she like stuck around for a little You're gonna bit edit this whole bullshit out and you're talking this yeah, bullshit yeah. no 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 she went <laughs> she went to the embassy she was at the south african embassy yeah. and they were trying to send her back and she wouldn't let them and we were like <laughs> how are they letting this 11 year old decide no. whether or not she leaves the country because of her, her safety but um yeah so she stayed and shortly after that is when she went home but she didn't get sent home when Stephen Biko was killed oh yeah because he like went to the embassy he was like you not yeah he like made a big stink and like he he busting there like he was like Marion Barry and Shaft all in one mm-hmm. and just was like, nah, you're not taking it. And they didn't. No. <laughs> and she left like a week later, but Yeah. So when she finally gets home, she, you know, is welcomed by her family and uh, when she sees her nanny, she essentially opens up her jean jacket and shows her that she has the the flag of the black south african just the flag sewn into her denim jacket and her nanny is shocked and like is happy that she has an ally in the house now undercover like her nanny was was definitely out here because she had a whole stephen biko shrine yeah in that house and i was just like wow they're gonna fucking kill you that dude was crazy mm-hmm. gonna bury in the, the fucking father backyard. Was nuts. i don't know why you would have that why well, have a whole shrine and i get just like you know he's stephen biko like you gotta like keep newspaper clippings Babe. at a house our neighbors still have like marion barry like that's different the fucking man. Marion Barry was a former DC mayor. You don't have to explain who Marion Barry was. <laughs> okay, I'm not explaining. Don't. What's understood and got to be explained. Marion Barry was the best mayor in DC history. Now, let's get into some of these takeaways from the movie. Um, how does it hold up in 2019? I think this movie couldn't have been made in 2020. I think that. 2020, excuse me. Yeah, I think that... uh, I'm just going to, like, break the fourth wall and tell y'all we're recording this in 2019, so... Yeah, but we're almost at the end of 2019. We're at the very, very end. So that's why I keep just putting us in the future into 2020. But I think that for 2020 standards, this movie was incredible. I think that we were both blown away by how much tea Disney spilled because the demographic of parents whose children were watching Disney Channel original movies might have not agreed with how everything in the film was portrayed. But Disney 
did not give a fuck and just produced this movie and put this out on primetime children's television. Uh, I, I remember being excited about it because it had a black family and it was like about race. And But I wasn't like... I know you always a little skeptical because you know there's the one episode where it's like, is it because I'm black? But they were like pretty real with it. Like they they went after it. There were some obvious moments where I was like, yeah, this is rough. Notably, they had a kid who's a Nigerian immigrant, and as a Nigerian, I will tell you straight up, that was the most disrespectful accent I've ever heard in my entire life. And I have heard Will Smith. In concussion, which was the second worst uh, accent I've ever heard of a Nigerian ever, was first until this one. Tell me your thoughts. Yeah, it was a pretty bad accent. I don't know why they had to add it in, uh, because I feel like he could have just still been a Nigerian kid without an accent. The the fact that the dad, Congressman Dellum, sounded so much like Obama was... It was a little triggering. <laughs> it was wild because it's like it's like having a flashback about something that happens in the future from that movie. Yeah. So it's like I definitely heard Congressman Dellums before I heard Obama, but like now Obama is like the voice that I remember and he sounds just like Obama. Yeah, I think that there was also Disney Channel was not afraid to shy away from the obvious racism that was happening both in South Africa and the United States at the time. Yeah, there was like gratuitous use of the the C word in this case, which is Kaffir, Mm -hmm. which is basically nigger. Isn't it with an K? No, I don't know. I will. I had a. I don't know. I don't know, to be completely honest. I think of, like, Kaffir lime trees. That's why. I don't know. It's a type of lime tree. But, yeah, they say that word, which was a horrible racial slur, um, both in the United States and South Africa. But Piper straight up calls out Mari on it. So it's like the best piece of dialogue in the whole movie, where it's like, you know, Piper... So, like I was saying earlier, Mari, the South African girl, whenever she's referring to something that black people do, she would say it's like, it's Bantu stuff. And so, finally, Piper gets fed up and she was like, oh, you keep saying Bantu. Does that mean nigger? And, and we both... We were just like, yo, Disney We looked at each other. Around. We were so shocked that... The Disney Channel said the N word with the hard R. The hardest of R's. That was it like, was damn. kind of uncomfortable to watch because it wasn't uncomfortable for me as much as it was just like, how did I not remember this when I was a kid? She was that, just like, yo, like, does that mean nigga? I was just like, yo, I think that would be like the only thing I remember from the whole fucking movie. But I don't know, like maybe some of y'all remember that and like if you did, like, well, here it was. Like, here, you know, I can Mickey say Mouse Greenhouse, the first thing we're reviewing. Like, I can say with certainty that I do not remember that part of the I movie. I feel like if I remembered that, then I would have definitely tried to see this movie a lot earlier than this. Yeah. So, also worth pointing out, Mari's family is fucking awful. They are yeah, the absolute worst. Sucks. 
They're the most racist people ever. But in a way, they portray what white South Africa looked like during apartheid. They were a family that had lots of presumable wealth. They had a nanny. They lived in a large property. Yeah, they had a lot of privilege. They really showed a a perspective. Just disdain for black South Africans. Not even just like an indifference or even like looking down upon them. Just like they really hated them motherfuckers. Yeah, and Mari had this affection for her nanny, which I want us to go back and look up her name because I feel bad that we're just calling her nanny. But Mari had this... We'll edit it in post. Yeah, Mari had this affection for her, almost in like a warm, motherly kind of relationship. Like she was, she called her like her only friend, but she was older than her, more like a second mother. Also, she worked for them? Well, yeah, she worked for them, but Mari didn't see it that way. Mari saw her, in my perspective... Which Mari said, like, when Piper pushed her on, it's like, oh, you got a servant. She was like, but it's not like that. But I mean, like... Yeah, she... She... she, Mari probably thought that the nanny liked working for the family. Like, she just, like, picked that job? Yeah. But so they, they show that. And, you know, I think just in general... It it really held up. It, this movie far exceeded our expectations. Yeah, especially considering I really feel like it could have been some bullshit. Like, given Disney's track record, like, Song of the South is still on Disney's resume. Like, they've had some wild racist bullshit. But this isn't bad. Like, they actually talk about it. They talk about gentrification. They talk, they, you know, really deal with, like, culture shock racism that I feel like a lot of people are kind of shy away from, like. And then also... And they also show that Piper's family, the Dellums, in Washington, D.C. are... Respected? uh, Well, I was going to say respected, but they also were... What we would almost call upper class. Like, they they lived in a very suburban-like community of D.C. where there was a cul-de-sac and neighbors. And, you know, every car, every driveway had a car in it. And, you know, when Mari asked, oh, are all of the people in this neighborhood politicians? And Mrs. Dellums was like, no, like... This family's a lawyer. This family's a doctor. Blah, 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 blah. And we can almost assume that the Dellums weren't the only black family in that community. And yeah. so it was a shock for Mari to see what black wealth can look like. Yeah, I feel like they showed other black people in yeah. the community. Yeah. Something that we want to talk about, that we're going to talk about going forward, is MOMs, which are moments of montage. So, anybody who was around back then understands that these movies came out every month. So, to say that the production value wasn't great is an understatement. But there was a lot of montages and action shots and basically shots with zero dialogue so that they can try to fill this runtime out. And I, this is a 90-minute movie that probably had, like, 30 minutes of montages. I think that 30 minutes of, minutes of montage is kind of a lot. But there were... The scenes were a lot 
the scenes with montage that were montages were a lot longer than they needed to be. Like we could get up from the couch, pour ourselves a drink, make a batch of popcorn, and the montage was still happening. Yeah, and it's like, they really did use them before the plot. They were just like, oh, and we just assumed that they became really good friends in these spaces. But, like, it's not like anything substantive happened. It's not like she has, like, a moment where she's just, like, confronted with her racism. And she's just like, oh, yeah, like, that was fucked up. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, like, I can dance or, like, hang out with your friends. And, like, we can try our clothes together. I guess racism is bad. And it's probably, it'll be fun to see if, or how many of the movies contain montages and how long they are. Because, yeah, these movies came out every week, or sorry, every month during the height of DCOMs. And they were all pretty good. So, to <laughs> giving me a look, he was like, they were not pretty good. But they they were good movies. They were movies. <laughs> But they definitely had to, they had definitely had to find filler for them. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of, so there are a lot of moments that are funny or high, like the montages, absolutely. Obama voice, absolutely. Uh, The Nigerian accent, absolutely. And probably the funniest scene when you're high is like the, the moments where Mari first makes it. To like off the plane to like when she starts hiding from this family. So Mari gets off the plane and Piper and Miss Dellums are waiting for her. And Piper and Miss Dellums are obviously looking for a black African. Mari sees them and like is confused, like thinks that they're supposed to like picking up her bags because like they're gonna take her to Mr. Dellums' car. Which is wild fucked up, but, like, kind of, like, funny and racist. Like, you can see Dave Chappelle doing some shit like that. And when they finally get... So, like, after they, like, get through that initial shock and Piper is... Like, both of them look like they're just like, this is a wild shit. They get back to the Dellums' house and Piper's brothers have... No, and the Nigerian dude with this wild-ass accent have set up this whole, like, tribal welcoming party, which is just, like, wild. I don't get it. Like, as somebody who's, like, first-generation Nigerian, I feel like it's kind of crazy how people just kind of, like, throw an amalgam of, like, African shit at people and just being like, hey, like, this is Africa. Well, it was was very pan-African. In that... In the stylings. Everything about the movie is very pan-African. Yeah. And and that's why it was... I was saying earlier, I think that they were so excited to host a South African simply because they they kind of just had this pan-African almost identity and they were excited to see some or meet someone and live with someone who was African and was had like an identity probably to a certain culture or a tribe or something Absolutely. that they could affiliate with through hosting this student. Yeah, but that didn't happen. No. Um. <laughs> The Mari was just absolutely like, this is some wild Bantu shit. 
and ran away. So, should we get into our final thoughts? So, final thoughts. What did you think? So, we're going to review these decoms through a puff, puff, pass uh, scale. And those of you who partake in the devil's lettuce, Mr. Cannabis himself, probably know of the phrase puff, puff, pass. And so... Puff means we think that this was a decom worth checking out. Uh, pack your bowl, 